Welcome to the Holy Soup Podcast, where the church's status quo and sacred cows get rounded up, simmered down, and dished out. And now, here's your chief cook, author, innovator, filmmaker, and founder of Group Publishing, Tom Schultz. Welcome to the Holy Soup Podcast. You know, we are living in the digital age. So much of our work life and our home life now is transacted online. Technology and the internet have fundamentally changed how we interact with one another. So where does that leave the church? How digitally shaped has the church become? How digitally shaped should it be? Our guest today lives and leads in the digital world every day. He's Jason Caston, author of a number of books on digital strategy and the church, and he's uh, speaking on technology and the church at the upcoming Future of the Church Summit in Colorado. Welcome, Jason. Oh, man, it's glad to be here. Yeah, great to have you. You know, we've seen businesses and organizations move to embrace and take advantage of the web and apps, social media, mobile platforms. So by comparison, where is the typical church in the digital world, would you say? I'd say right now the church is on average about three to four years behind Mm -hmm. what we see businesses and corporations um, taking advantage of. There's a select few where you'd see like mega churches or uh, high profile speaking pastors that have that have their ministries taking advantage of uh, these digital platforms. But on average, uh, churches are quite, quite a ways behind. Uh, many people say that uh, that's true and many other factors as well. The church seems to lag behind uh, the rest of the culture in, in a number of ways. Well, many people say the digital influence, though it, it has many benefits, is actually damaging or diminishing our ability to interact with one another personally, relationally. We can lurk on social media without uh, truly interacting with another person. And when we do try to communicate on social media, say, it's, it's often with uh, what I might call a, a negative snarkiness that we would, we'd never use face-to-face with a real person. So some people then worry that the further the church utilizes online media, the further we're getting away from one of the church's callings, and that is to be in true community with one another. What do you say? I think that the method that we utilize, whether it be uh, digital platforms, social media, um, doesn't really, it's pretty pretty agnostic. The message is going to be effective no matter uh, what method we utilize. If we want to look at the negatives of it, then we can say the same things about um, TV or radio or any other uh, mass mode of communication, including newspapers, all of them have their downsides. We know that there are things you can watch on TV that can negatively impact your spiritual walk, just as you can listen to things on the radio that can negatively impact your spiritual walk and and affect your your, um, uh, semblance of community. So it's not the platforms uh, that are the issue because there are social platforms or social communities that have shown Uh, that where the gospel has reached people that will never step foot inside of a church. And so again, it's where are you putting the focus at? There are uh, ways where people are able to engage online in communities and um, and, and, uh, assemble with each other, um, talk about the gospel, and even have their lives change. And they will never have the, the experience that each of us may consider traditional or each of us may consider um, uh, the way that we came uh, to Christ. 
the thing about it is everybody's walk is unique. And so when you're able to understand that each person will have their own unique experience, some of us will have an experience that has a high uh, digital um, impact. Mm. Do you see any uh, downside that some people worry about that uh, this emphasis, if a church goes uh, too far, they would say, into the digital world with their ministry approach, that uh, the the person-to-person, face-to-face, relational element gets lost entirely? Yes, I do think that um, the internet church or any type of internet platforms used for the church, they are here to supplement, not supplant the traditional church experience. So I do believe that uh, the traditional church experience um, should be something that continues to be utilized. Now, the thing that we can look at this, um, and I always use examples uh, that people use in terms of traditional church to understand how we look at uh, the, the online experience with church. There are a lot of different churches that reach a lot of different people whether it be um, you know, the storefront church that's reaching people in their area, the, the mega church, or even the rural church. Each church has a different message to reach a different person, and that's the same in the digital space. Each digital platform um, can take the message to a different person. And so I'm not saying that digital should overtake the traditional church experience, but digital can definitely be a part of the church experience. I think uh, once in a while we hear people say today that uh, one of the reasons that attendance is down for many churches, for most churches, in fact, uh, across the country, is that uh, some people are simply choosing to watch a service online and that, that that's where they're plugging into any kind of weekly church experience. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for uh, the future? Is that uh, is that going to be more and more what we're seeing when we look down the road in the future of the church? Is that what worship will be? Is, is that what uh, fellowship will be looking five, ten years down the line? Yes, it will be, it will be decentralized. So therefore, um, there will be churches that will need to uh, adapt to the fact that uh, counting your church members on um, you know, weekend services is not going to be the total of the church experience. That's not going to be the total of fellowship experience. You're going to have to look at um, how many people were not able to attend on the weekends, but wanted to engage with your message throughout the week. Church will need to adapt and become more of a uh, seven day a week, 24 seven type of experience because people will want uh, the church message, the church content, the gospel um, to be able to be accessible um, when they want to uh, access it. And so if I have a life problem that's on a Wednesday um, at eight in the morning, I don't want to wait till uh, a Sunday to um, have to have that topic addressed. I want to be able to log on and, and have a message that could talk to me right then and there that talks to my life experiences. I want the, uh, the gospel and the message of the gospel to be applicable to my life and the dynamics of my life and how my life changes day in, day out, and not just you can get this message and you can fellowship on Wednesday's midweek service and Sunday uh, weekend service, and that's it. That model is not going to continue to uh, be relevant. Hmm. So paint that picture a little more for us on, on uh, what that, uh, practically speaking, looks like when you look down the road five or ten years. Is it uh, like a Netflix experience where uh, I go, say, on a Wednesday morning like you're, you're describing, and I've got this choice of different kinds of messages or help I can get online? Is it live chat? 
what is it that uh, you are envisioning that it looks like for a typical church? I'm envisioning that it looks like, um, I would say how a life church experience. Life church has a huge online presence and they have um, an internet church experience that uh, takes a lot of, that continually shows uh, services 24 seven. They also have um, offline campuses that where you can go and, and fellowship with uh, believers and you could attend uh, weekly services if you want to attend. There's also, um, they have podcasts, they have a social media presence, um, they have other uh, ways to, the, uh, they have a mobile app. They have all these different ways that they can take the message to the people so that people can be able to access and have the message ready at their fingertips 24 seven, but they also can have that, that for the online experience. And they also can have that offline experience where they can go and uh, to actual building that's uh, within their community and, and, and fellowship with each other. So I think there isn't going to be um, a one catch all type of experience for church in the future. Church is going to need to adapt to the people that want to interact with them and may never step foot in their building, or um, I want to stay connected with my church during the summer, what they call the summer doldrums, where people will go on vacation. They don't want to uh, go on vacation and disconnect from their church while they're on vacation. They want to take the message and the church experience with them. And that's how churches are going to be able to adapt, to stay connected with their users any given time, any given place. When you describe what this might look like, uh, and using the example of a megachurch that has uh, a staff for digital ministry and and so on. I, I'm thinking that uh, the vast majority of churches are not mega. They're small and medium-sized churches. Exactly. How are they ever going to be able to produce uh, a digital platform that provides some of the things you're describing? That's, that's a great question, Tom. That's a great question because um, one of the main reasons that I even wrote any of the, uh, the iChurch Method books was because while I was working for a mega church, the majority of churches that uh, needed the, uh, to understand digital platforms, how to utilize them in social platforms, were churches that were smaller, you know, average sized churches, maybe a hundred members or less. And so a lot of the, the platforms that I'm talking about that we can work with are free or low cost. So if we're talking about internet church campus, um, you can get that for free with the churchonlineplatform.com, um, I believe the website is. If you're looking at um, how to utilize, you know, a lot of the social platforms are free, but if you want to um, have uh, a consistent social media content going out, you can do that with a Buffer or a Hootsuite platform, which they do have free tiers. Um, if we're looking at um, creating uh, uh, mobile apps or um, other type of platforms, those can be done um, at low cost. And I mean, as low as like maybe 50 bucks, 100 bucks a month. So the thing is, for less than, I believe, uh, $500, you can create an online presence for your uh, for your ministry. Now, what you do need that uh, a lot, some smaller churches may not have is is the manpower, and so you may need to look at growing. Um, you know, you may have an internet pastor that you may need to have that that continually monitors what's going online for your ministry, and that way uh, they'll you'll, they'll have someone they can connect with if they need to connect with. Um, someone one-to-one, -one. but that's the, the hardest part. The digital platforms is not the hardest part. Hmm. So when you look uh, down the line and, and see what's coming for the church, what does the typical church need to address first, digitally speaking, to prepare themselves for the, the new day? Oh, I think it's normally I would say, let's talk about the methods that are coming down the line and that say like Alexa 
or AR and VR and, and the more immersive experience, but I'll save that for later. The thing, the thing I think that needs to happen first is leaning back to the question that you first asked where I said churches are three or four years behind. That's a whole mindset of looking at digital platforms as, as something that they don't understand. Church leadership understands traditional church experience, but then when people don't continue to uh, come to church, they think that there's something wrong with the people and don't look at maybe we need to evolve the way our methods and, you know, in delivering our message. We know the message is impactful. We know the message is life changing, but what about the methods to reach the people? And so I think that um, when you look at the ways that churches look at doing um, church as the years come on and, and say 2019, 2020 and moving on in the future, I think that the mindsets need to change and not look at digital platforms as, you know, just we don't understand that. And so we just hope that people will continue to come and we'll just figure out the digital stuff later. That's the same thing they said when, um, you know, the mass production of TV, they thought it was going to erode a lot of the family dynamic. And then we saw, you know, uh, preachers getting on TV and churches on TV. They said the same thing about radio. Whatever new digital pla or platform comes along of mass consumption um, doesn't mean that the church is going to go away. No, the church needs to continue to uh, evolve to the methods that people are using to um, consume the content. Mm. Well, thank you, Jason. You've, uh, you've done, obviously, a lot of thinking on this and a lot of writing on this uh, to help churches. Uh, tell us about where churches can find this help that you've already written on. Oh, absolutely. All of the books, the iChurch Method book that I've uh, written are on Amazon. And even for uh, our listeners who want to come out to the conference that uh, we're having in October, uh, everybody, every attendee will, uh, I'll have a book for, for the new book that I'm writing, the next version of the iChurch Method. Um, I'll have a book for every attendee. Great. And for great. free, free. Oh, that's great. That's great. And that is uh, thefutureofthechurch.com. You can hear more about that and, and see more about that. Uh, not only Jason's panel, but all the other activities we have at thefutureofthechurch.com. And uh, your books, I think the easiest way to find those on Amazon, I've found, is simply to put your name in there, put in Jason Caston in the search for Amazon, and you'll find all the work that uh, Jason has done and take advantage of that to get going on entering into the digital world and making the most of it for ministry. So thank you, Jason, again. I appreciate the opportunity. The pleasure was all mine. Great. We'll see you at the Future of the Church in October, and uh, we'll see listeners next time on the Holy Soup Podcast. <laughs>